Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I'm your host, T-Palm. Follow me on Twitter at dpalm66. Follow the show on Twitter at udpod. Follow the entire MTR network at, you guessed it, the MTR network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts for free 99. Two podcasts in one week. I know it sounds absurd, but when crazy things happen, I want to talk to my friends. Unfortunately, it's the holiday season. I don't want to bug any of my friends. So I grabbed the closest thing to someone who would be, in nature, a rival of mine. He's a Florida fan. He's taller than me, which I find personally offensive. He's Justin. What's up, man? You know, we may be rivals, but there's one thing that Florida and Georgia can come together like Voltron on. And that is why we're here today. And, and I, I want to give you credit. You're my friend, obviously. But I think that if if I didn't know you the way I know you and I just encountered you in the wild, I would Florida fan who's taller than me. Oh, no, that's two boxes against you. man. That's two big strikes. Yeah, I get it. Like, I'm, I'm not even going to not even going to argue that one. I understand. All right, I appreciate you. Um, but no, we are going to talk about the thing that would bring us together. But before we talk about the thing that would certainly bring us together, we're going to talk about the thing that brought us together now. Um, so if you have listened to my podcast before, first of all, thank you. Second of all, you should know where I stand on these college signing days, early signing day, national signing day. I think it's all sham. I'll explain why very briefly so we can talk about why we're actually here. If you watch the number of five stars that commit to early signing day, you see there's a great number of them. You see there's a great number of five stars on national signing day. It's almost like after early signing day, some of them stars get adjusted so people are still compelled to watch national signing day. They do that because it's all a scam because there's no good way to properly ascertain the talents of that many high school football players. But they do know who buys magazines. And I'll tell you what, the people who buy those magazines, your school usually ends up with a highly ranked class, even though they may not do enough on the field. Hi, Notre Dame. Anyway, I wanted to explain all of that because, Justin, something unheard of has occurred. So for the layman, so there is a five-star rating system generally for high school uh, athletes, prospects to play college football. When they decide upon who gets these many stars, they start ranking the players. It's some of the thing that I missed out on because I played college football or high school, excuse me, right before social media became a thing. I didn't have a huddle account. These kids have like, it's it's wild now the stuff I've seen. But the top player in the land months ago had committed to FSU. He said, I'm going, no one can stop me. I can't wait to come and be a cornerback for you. The numbers, the player's name is Travis Hunter. He's from Georgia. He said, I'm going to FSU, lock, stock, and smoking barrel. Well, natural sign did rolled around. And Travis is a showman because Travis had hats in front of him. And they asked him, where's he going to be committing? He stood up, took off his shirt, and showed a Jackson State shirt. That's right. Deion Sanders had somehow landed, not just a great player, not just a notable player, the number one player in the land. I want to talk about the funny part first, because, Justin, they gave Mike Norvell that extension the night before. I would like to point out to everybody, they're paying Mike Norvell for Mm. losing more games than Willie Taggart. Thank you. And more recruits. (laughs) And more recruits. Losing more recruits to Willie Taggart, mind you. They lost the number one recruit in the nation to an FCS school. And 
I know there's a lot of people who aren't as online as Justin and I, and God bless you for not being that. There's this thing called Twitter spaces where they can host people to come and talk about a topic at hand. There were two that ran for longer than I thought even possible on early signing day. The first was Fire Mike Norvell, which was very funny because FSU Twitter was very upset. Go ahead, so, Jeff, give it to me. FSU Twitter, and because I I have family in Florida, so we are connected to, unfortunately, FSU fandom outside of the internet. That's right. FSU right. fandom outside of the internet is happy about this for some reason. Oh, that, that's the denial phrase. I've been there. I've done that. I, I can't imagine why they would be happy about hiring someone that went, let me check my notes. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I, it is beyond me that Florida state now is deciding, well, we need stability. You had stability. Then you scuttled it for reasons. You, you set, what was it? $15 million on fire to get rid of Willie Taggart. Yes. And now you're saying, well, we need stability. You couldn't beat Florida when Florida had a special teams coach and a team that was, that that Florida team that beat Florida State that day, we had checked out. Like Florida had checked out. They were just like, man, whatever. Finals. This is fast. Let's get this over with. And they re-signed you. All right. Recruit like recruits see that kind of stuff, right? Like high, like kids see that kind of stuff. They see they don't just see oh Florida State. It's a great school. They got great facilities. They like air quote culture they see that shit and it's like oh, okay y'all not, y'all not about nothing like y'all y'all are you you will accept mediocrity i do not have to go to florida state i i do not have to go to florida state to get on television i do not have to go to florida state for the air quote prestige because every game is on television now yeah. and if it's not on television it's on a streaming package yes so i don't need your big school anymore you have to prove to me that you need me more than I need you. So prove to me and, why I should go to you. And that's one of the big things that I guess Ro and I touched on last episode. I should have got dip, dove deeper into it because I didn't know it was going to happen. But kind of how the NIL had shifted the balance of power, not just for college players, but for college coaches. Because now you pay me a certain amount, but I'm getting local kickbacks from car dealerships. I'm on local TV. I've got stuff that's going to be bringing me money coming in. That's gone now because they'd rather pay a quarterback who's actually got good name recognition in the town for a couple of weeks than pay you who could be gone whenever. And now when you talk about the NIL on the portal and I've heard all the, we're going to talk about dad, though I promise you guys know me, I'll get there. But I'll say this more than the $2 million deals allegedly through Barstool. We'll talk about that in a second. I heard a story this week about a young lady who plays lacrosse in college. She's going home over Christmas break, and she's going to be hosting a lacrosse camp for girls who want to improve at lacrosse. For every day she's running the camp, she's going to make 400 bucks. Two years ago, that's illegal. Because she'd be using her name, image, or likeness to sell this service. I think people don't realize how draconian the NCAA is and was. Like, I couldn't come back when I was in college to run a lineman camp in my own high school. I would love to do that. But now the NIL is giving these kids this ability. And yes, 
that's the example I want to use right now just to show everyone who's doing the fake hand-wringing over what's going on in college athletics. Because now, after this happens, the machine bites back. It doesn't, that's one thing people need to realize. When you hear about these uproarious things, the ways we're going to change X, Y, and Z, the machine's going to fight back. It's not going to accept the threats. Justin, do you think people don't realize that? Or what do you think that is? I think people are so used to the machine being on their side. <laughs> That's a really good point. That when the, mach- the machine is self-interested, your self-interest has happened to align with the machine. But you don't understand the inertia to overcome aforementioned machine. There you go. Uh-huh. Like, the... When NIO first like really started to get crack, like when it was really getting cracking, the thing that right. opened my eyes to, because I was super scared, I was like, I guess like it's a net win for the kids, but I really don't see mm-hmm. like I had underestimated how fanatical boosters can be about college football. <laughs> that UFC gym in Miami that straight up said we'll put the offensive line on a payroll. First and I foremost, said, oh. it's it's not the offensive line; it's the entire goddamn team. Secondly, oh my apologies, it's American top team ran by Dan Lambert. If they're gonna do it, I'm gonna say their names. <laughs> my God, like I was like, oh my apologies, I I forgot how fanatical boosters can be about college it's not football. It's about fanatical. It's about and I, it's I've heard this talked about in so many other places. It's about power, man. Yeah. Because if you're in small town Alabama or small town Georgia and you've got a low law firm and you've got cars and a big house and a lake house and you got this extra money laying around, what does yeah. it do but to flex? And what better flex than football? The Bomani and Spencer Hall did a really great thing on just like booster culture and they talked about Texas specifically, all that all that oil money in the eighties. What well, what what are they going to spend that money on? Mm-hmm. Well, there's also this too. So that the, the counterpoint to that is another great point they made. You should listen to that podcast. Also this one, but also that one. It's about how in Oklahoma, after the Dust Bowl, it became a point of civic pride. That football team's all they had. And for a lot of the smaller towns that you talk about in this country that have football teams, Athens, Georgia, beautiful music city, wonderful town. However, that town runs because of them boys on Saturday. And the net win that is NIL and the pushback from this, the, 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 the system in place and the fact that it's not far enough and these kids should all be getting paid by these schools is a whole other issue. But we're here now. And it's like my man A&M Jimbo said on Feinbaum show this week. This NIL stuff's always been happening. It's just in, in the light now. Cormageddy's mom got a job when he went to Duke. Now they're just reporting it. Now because they're reporting it, Deion Sanders, employee of both Jackson State and Barstool Sports, who are wholly owned subsidiary of Penn uh, Financial, which is does a lot of gambling as well, which is kind of messy and sticky, but not our problem. They're allowed believe, to leverage. They're allowed to leverage that relationship. And yeah, I, I believe we said that those uh, that is above our pay grade because that's that's the first thing I thought of when I heard this story. I was like, ooh, that's kind of dicey there. Glad I don't have to answer for it. 
because the feds have showed up for less. It also sounds like to me, once the Fed opened up NIL, guess what? This is what happened, though. For years, people who were on the side of this went to the NCAA and said, hey, man, we need to get some reforms in this bitch. Otherwise, because if this goes to court, y'all going to lose. And it's interesting, when you bring the world of college athletics in particular to someone who doesn't give a shit, and they look at it, and you're like, this is crazy. How, how have you done this? And because it's crazy. And because you let smart people look at it, they blew holes in everything. But if the NCAA had kept one hand on the wheel, they might have had power here. But now the feds come, the, they already said they made no restrictions on how I can get this K. Probably should have. You could have, but you didn't. And that horse, Justin, that horse out the bar. Ain't, yeah. The, the rules will never come. Now that they can? You're not going to stop them. And if you try to stop them, they're going to quickly remind you, you actually need us more than we need you. What does the NCAA actually do? They'll just remind you by saying, you let us do it in public. Take it away. Give us the rules back. I dare you to enforce one iota of these laws. (laughs) You know what what the NCAA doesn't have, Justin? Subpoena power. There you go. Every time we have these, I'm like, you know what they don't have? Subpoena power. That's why we're talking it, about. It's that uh, that old Dave Chappelle, Black Bush, sanction me, sanction me with the army. Oh wait, you, you ain't know, got no army. <laughs> so what you go? What you gonna do with that? Except make me mad. <laughs> and the, again, like when you think about what the NCAA actually does as a functioning body, keep them broke. Beyond keep them broke, because all I know is keep them broke. They put on a nice tournament in March, late March, early April. It's true. They they don't even do the college playoff, the football every playoff. Time, every time I point that out to someone, they're like, "No, that can't be true." I'm like, why would I lie to you? But look at who actually puts together your college football games, tournaments, bowl games. Look who actually puts all that together. The NCAA has nothing to do with that. They literally, as a functioning body, March Madness. That's what they got. And then, and excuse me, they're also the Tattletale office. So if you feel like tattling on somebody, that's who you go call. So, but it, that's it. If they in if they try to flex on these conferences, you don't think that they'll go to a, a TNT or an ESPN and say, "Hey, how would y'all like to put on this tournament? How would I you mean, like to have?" Like that's what's that's why everyone's like, "Oh, we, we need bigger playoff." Like. Y'all are just letting these, like, it's becoming, and obviously we've seen over the last two years, everything's a business. It's becoming much more cravenly so. <laughs> Good choice of words, by the way, cravenly. Like, that, that is an <laughs> excellent word choice to describe the, just the naked capitalism at play here with the college playoff. It's, and 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 people, and, and that's the other thing I've noticed is the mask also with that too. Because normally I'll give my, my tactic, like, hey, if you're talking about expanding the playoff, without talking about renumerating the players, you're intellectually bankrupt and 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 or, or intellectually deficient and morally bankrupt. And now they come to me like, well, they've got some money. So how about you shut the fuck up? And honestly, like, I'm not going to, but they've got a point. They've look. <laughs> I mean, a point is not the point, though. A point right? is not the point. I'm not saying I'm wrong. I'm saying I'll allow the the pushback. Of well, they got some money. Like, well, the thing is, these schools and these conferences aren't going to say no to this money. Nope, they sure aren't. 
And they figured out. I said this in the last podcast. Justin, they had Jay-Z like kind of take over the title uh in the Twitter account. And he just said, take the money. Yes. Because for years they've been telling these kids, no, come to school. It's like having dinner with Jay-Z. Take the money, kids. It I is like, I like to I like to go that Jay-Z was just sitting around and someone told him that and he was like, Oh yeah, it's a funny joke. And then they told him, no, they're serious. Like, they actually think dinner with you is worth more than the money. I'm sure his response is, why would they, why would, why would they think that? <laughs> Bewildered. He he scours the internet and sees all of these people. Yeah, you know, take the dinner with Jay-Z, you're going to learn so much. No, take the money. What? One of my favorite, one of the, the best moments of season one of Kimmy Schmidt is when the... Kimmy Schmidt and the other student, they're, they're, it's a math problem about the lottery. And it's like, you know, if you get the lottery, what do you do? Do you take the, the fragmented payment? Do you take the lump sum? And it's like, no, you end up taking the lump sum because you get the lump sum, deposit it, even if it just sits in a savings account, that interest will end up being more than what you will earn by just getting the fractured payments. You take the money up front. You take the money. You take the money. You take the money. And whatever Travis Hunter did when deciding to go to Jackson State, and I want to make something very clear. This is not a y'all have heard me on this podcast be very critical of Deion Sanders and his decision to coach the HBCU. He's brought a quality level of attention to that school. I cannot deny. He has brought on-field success. I can't deny. However, I need everyone to realize this is all in service of Deion Sanders. Like it, as long as everybody understands that everything Deion Sanders is doing is not in service of Jackson State, but is in service of Deion Sanders. And those points co-align. Right now. For now. That that's the that's the key I want people to realize. For now. I'm I'm so glad we can talk about this. Cause like I, <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't open with it because oh apparently it's 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 been one of those um neuralizers for men in black, this fucking signing on everything that's come before Deion Sanders, including that school in Dallas. Please Google his high school charter school efforts. So I got so I don't have to get raise my blood pressure before I go see Spider Man later tonight. Yes, that's a flex. Ha! Um, like everyone's like, oh, this is great for HBCUs, and I'm like, this mm-hmm. is great for this is great for Dion Sanders. This is great for Dion. Like, Sanders. did we forget? Not just not not even a month ago, there were reports of Dion interviewing with TCU and Baylor. We don't talk about that though. That he hasn't even denied, by the way. When they asked why would he deny it? No one's asked. Oh yeah, he said other schools are interested too. I'm sorry, what? Look. I'm, all I'm saying is, even like the best read on this is that Deion Sanders has changed the game. And I'm telling you that read is illogical and historical. The worst read on this is Deion Sanders and Travis Hunter are both going to be in FSU in the next two years. That's the read I'm taking. I don't think he would take the FSU job. Dion does not want to go to a rebuilding project. Dion wants to go somewhere where he can win now. A you're lot is going to have to change at FSU for them to get Dion. You're not I, wrong. You're not wrong. Like, what are they going to do? Offer Dion money? Okay. Dion's got bread. Right? Like, you have you have to appeal to his ego. He went after this kid for a reason. Yes. Oh, because what, 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 <laughs> like, he, he reminds took, me of me. He took out of their pocket on purpose. 
Yes, because you remind <laughs> you remind me of me. He didn't go after the the deadlift champion that's going to UGA, which my my God. Look, that, look I don't do we don't again. Look, you're right wrong, but again, I'm one of those dudes who says, "Show me on the field, goddammit. Show me on the field." I don't believe none of the on Saturdays. I know physics. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Why? I'll take the Florida star five star from Georgia that I wasn't gonna bring up. But damn you, I'm watching y'all. I don't want this coach who apparently knows what the fuck he's doing. It's been no. a long damn time. Y'all he knows what the fuck he's doing. Florida has had Florida for the for the last 15 years. Florida has had either a great recruiter or a great coach. Never both. True. So we see he can recruit. I hope to God his coordinators are competent. I don't like the I, I don't like the fact that he recruit personally. Well, I mean, as a rival, you'd rather go against someone that can coach than someone that can recruit because eventually they're going to run out of bullets. And when they run out of bullets, Dan Mullen. I think Dan Mullen deserves another year. Give him another chance with these kids. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the pushback. Let's talk about the pushback because it's out there. Because, again, the machine will always push you back. You've seen the code issue from Doug Farrar, the HBCUs ain't no real schools, and you've seen him get eaten alive because guess who's on Twitter? A bunch of HBCU grads, including the gentleman on this call right now, and the voice of the man you're hearing. I didn't go to HBCU, both my parents did. Like, don't get me twisted. The first Clark Morehouse game I missed was because I was a freshman in college. Like, Dabba, I'm going to just read this quote. It's chaos right now, tampering galore, adults manipulating young men. Education is like the last thing right now. Cost of the return of one year sit for transfers and get that year back upon graduation. Keep the focus on graduation education. Davos Sweeney is saying this in the, in the wake of losing a shit ton of recruits, his offensive coordinator, his defensive coordinator, and his athletic director. Clemson, that, y'all finna be Clemson in again. That, no. He, I read that quote. I don't know when that quote was made, but that reached my radar after I read the news about Venables. I was like, oh, we're Clemson. Y'all about to, because it's been a while since Clemsoning was a thing. It, it, the thing is, it hasn't because I met Susan 11 years ago this past Sunday, and they've been good for most of our relationship. So it's honestly, cosmically, not that long of a time. It, they have been good for MCU phases two through four. That's fair. Bring me Terry Bowden. Bring back Terry. Bring back Terry. Let's get back to the, the glory days of Clemson. You oh, God. Who, what bowl game did they blow that gigantic lead in? Which year? Jesus. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll take the one line from what Davo said that does stand out. Adults manipulating young men. Dabo. Hi, Pot. Dabo. Would you like to meet the kettle? Dabo, have you tried saying this quote into a mirror? Just to see what it feels like. Just a mmm. Mmm. Burns, don't it? But the the Dabo, I feel like Dabo's reacting to what's about to be a very long three-year stretch for him. Mm-hmm. But there's like you said, there's a lot of pushback. People saying, oh, this kid shouldn't go to HBCU. Whoop de whoop. My wife, my better half, brought to my attention because I have him blocked on Twitter. What Doug Gottlieb said: HBCU football doesn't have HBCU football doesn't have close to the same support athletically, academically, medically, and they play an inferior schedule with inferior teammates. 
In addition to football ends, any person would prefer to be a UGA FSU TAMU alum for help in the workforce. Okay. This is a false statement, but let's assume it's true. For the sake of why this makes zero sense, let's assume this is true, right? How do football programs boost their athletic, academic, and medical support? What has to happen? They have to get money. Yes. What motivates boosters and what what motivates boosters to donate to a program? Winning. How do you win with good players? And, and what I need people to realize is Justin's walking everyone through this beautifully. We're not talking about Deion Sanders. No. I want to make I want to make the separation explicitly clear here. This game is not the game you're cheering for. The game you're cheering, unless they're actually cheering for like the personal brand of Deion Sanders, which I think is weird, unless you're related to Deion. In that case, I see your enumeration, get money. But for the rest of us who stand to gain no money off of this Deion come up, I hope that you're realizing what he's just, 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 it it can be a net positive what he's doing, but intention matters. Right. So, and what Justin's talking about is a sustainable model for growing the thing. And the thing about it is, and, and hold up, I don't want to put too much of my, y'all get a lot of me, but I do keep some shit from this podcast. Um, Well, hold on, hold on. Because there's an example in the swag of how to grow this. I don't want to say the right way, but I'll just say the not Dion way. That's fair. Right? The not Dion way. There's a school in the swag that has a a newly generous booster class which if if you're an alum of this school you should have some serious questions about how this came about considering what their last administration went through and why we don't talk about that anymore but a very generous booster class a complete overhaul of the campus life itself not the not the athletic facilities but campus life brand new dorms updated classrooms repaving the roads uh, brand new social spaces and that's attracting a higher caliber of athlete to that school that they previously had not seen the school i'm talking about just had a social center dedicated by will packard and has an exclusive athletic deal with lebron james my alumni florida a&m university that's how you air quote, the anti-Dion way, grow these programs. And that's what FAMU is doing. Almost like they did this in direct response to Jackson State. And and the thing I love about the FAMU plan is that it does what these schools are supposed to do. These yeah. schools aren't supposed to be NFL farms. I would argue, and we can have the conversation in person, see me in these streets, but like I would argue that's not why we want HBCU football to exist. Right. This isn't supposed to be Georgia, Florida, Tennessee. It's supposed to be Columbia, Harvard, Princeton. It's supposed to be smaller scale football because we're dedicating this school experience, this classic experience to the building of the whole person intellectually, socially, and academically. As long as we're working in the service of those players, let's make the players better. That's cool. Let's bring in five stars, but let's make sure we're not transforming what these institutions are 
to fit Deion Sanders' need to climb a ladder. Right. And, like, the thing that really stood out to me about what FAMU was doing, they renovated the stadium. It looks the same as from when I was there in 2005. Mm. The only thing they did was put a fresh coat of paint, and they have a screen. They don't even have the net to stop the for the football from hitting <laughs> the screen. And you can tell they don't because one of the corners of the screen where the ball would angle down is busted. But you know what FAMU does have? Like I said, they, they tore down the oldest dormitories, which they, they had to go. They're preserving right. one of them just because it, it's where Althea Gibson, um, Hank Aaron's wife, like a lot of cultural history, history yeah. associated to it. Yeah, so they're preserving that one, but like Pattyfoot, they tore that they tore that motherfucker down. They built up a brand new like and it look it looks like something you would you would expect to see out of Florida State, right? Right. They're taking all the investments that they're getting and building up FAMU. And because they're building up FAMU, other athletes are saying, yo, I actually just want to go to FAMU. Talent is talent. If I want to go to the league, they'll see me because guess what? FAMU is on ESPN three every week. Like someone is going to find you. You may not be the 12 o'clock game on CBS, but you are going to have eyes on you if you're talented. Spencer Rattler, if he ends up going to a smaller school, he's going to have eyes on him because he's Spencer Rattler. And that means eyes on everyone around him. Isn't he going to South Carolina? I have no idea where Spencer Rattler's going. I think think he announced South Carolina. Good for you, young man. I hope he does well. Yeah, yeah, that's where he's headed. Um, all right, so we talked about the college game. Let's talk about the, the funniest goddamn thing. Okay, so look. <laughs> I was I was not gonna grab Justin to talk about signing day. I swear great story I could have done any time. I grabbed Justin because last night my little brother flew into town. Matt Palmer, uh two gay Matt's podcast, uh Matt Palmer Music on Twitter. Um he's on Spotify, listen to his music, it's fantastic. Picked up from the airport, drove into my parents' house, hung out for a little bit. It's nice to have all of us in one space again. From there, I drove home. Saw my wife. We watched the challenge because we're big challenge heads. The finale was on. The final, TJ's final. Yeah, if you've seen it, the winners won. It's it's who's who won is supposed to win. And I stay up and I I watched the one hour Daniel Brian Danielson, excuse me, Adam Adam Page maps. They put on free TV. AEW's nuts. And I'm finally about to go to bed. I'm like, oh man, what a long day. Check my phone one more time, and I'd be good and goddamn if the Jaguars didn't fire Urban Meyer as I'm trying to go to sleep, Justin. I I just want to know what the last straw was. Like, what <laughs> what was it? What was it that they finally said, okay, it, oh my god, fine, fine, we'll fire him. They they put up with a lot from Urban Meyer. Look, man, like. I'm not being on like dancing on dudes' graves, but like this is a this is he I don't know Urban Meyer. Maybe he's a great guy. At no point have I seen a public demonstration of the such. The point where his hiring was met with what are you doing? Yes. His teaching a class on leadership in Ohio State was an open joke. And Shad Khan said he's gonna change this culture. And oh, he changed Shad- it all right. <laughs> Pop the Shad Khan because Shad Khan, he, he did it like a proud man does. He stuck by a bad decision for as long as he could. He was like, look. Because, and, and that's the wild thing, is that it's not the losing and it's not even the embarrassment. It's the combination. Yes. 
Because you can lose in Jacksonville. And you can be embarrassing and win in Jacksonville as Tom Coughlin. You can't do both. They're so bad that the Texans and the Lions are skating on how bad they are this year because we can't take our eyes off of Jacksonville. The Texans. Who have a quarterback they're paying to stay at home because of dozens. That's a No, you're being generous by saying dozens. (laughs) I have the numbers 26. Or, or, yeah, the numbers 26, I think. Okay, yeah, no, no, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, dozens of credible sexual assault allegations. But we don't even bring... When's the last time... I haven't heard this motherfucker's name since the trade deadline. Meanwhile, I wore Urban Meyer head for lunch yesterday. They couldn't keep... Justin, when he threatened to fire the leakers, I thought... I thought he was a leaker. I thought at that point, like, he's leaking it. He's trying to get fired. <laughs> and I will not rest until I find the leaker. The real killers must be found. That's what I was like, Urban, come on, baby. You're lying too hard. Like, not for, okay, so hold on. I want to make sure we're all here. I want to go down the path of how we got here. I'm going to just, this is a list of things that happened. I swear to God, in order, from the point he was hired until August 31st before the, the season started. Well, hold on. Before we get to him being hired, do, does everyone remember why he left Ohio State in the first place? Enlighten them, friend. He ended up, well, a combination of things, but the biggest thing over his head when he left Ohio State was one of his coordinators or one of his assistants had assaulted his wife and he covered for him in public. Oh, and then found out that he had, lied. And had been covering for him for years. Yes. This is the guy. Okay. This is the guy. Like, I love how everyone has just collectively forgotten that that's like one of the major reasons Urban Meyer left Ohio State. But that's that's the thing that gets me. I don't think anyone's forgotten. I think we all just said, it's been long enough. Fuck it. Like, I'm fully well, fair enough. That's on the sideline for as someone's special advisor to an offense in the next two years. Or he'll be on TV, and no one will say a word. So he's hired. On February 11th of this year, he hired Chris Doyle. The name sounds familiar to you. It should. He was the off- He was the Iowa strength and conditioning coach who was finally fired after years of allegations of racial abuse. The next day, Doyle resigns following a statement from the Prince Pollard Alliance and an apparent uproar within the team. In May, the Jags signed Tim Goddamn Tebow. Remember that? He brought him in to play tight end, a position he had never played in a sport he hadn't played in six years. The next day, Brian Schneider, the special teams coordinator, resigns for personal reasons. July 1st, Jaguars are fined 200 grand. Urban Myers fired 100 G's for violating the offseason no contact rule. August 25th. First round draft pick Trevor Lawrence is named the starting quarterback after months of a failed quarterback competition. Three days later, the person he was in competition with is traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. He just started and won a game, Mr. Gardner Mishu. Three days later, the NFLPA opens an investigation into Myers' comments that vaccination status played a role in players losing their jobs. Now, I will say this. It was found in that investigation that actually everyone they cut, of the 18 players they cut, only two were unvaccinated. The rest were fully vaxxed. So I'll not taking up for him, but letting you know that it's a hanging investigation 
They came to the conclusion that nothing untoward occurred. That's before they started fucking losing. That's before he didn't come home from a work trip. (laughs) I want to reframe that for everyone. Just he just didn't. He went on a road trip and said, "I'm good." What? You miss your return flight? Yeah, I'm good. I'll be in on Monday, but I'm not coming home yet. What? And then obviously the video and the public embarrassment and the <laughs> not your wife um, of it all. And then quietly you watch assistants and people in the front office start leaving for like Texas jobs and like coordinator gigs in college. That seemed weird. Then last weekend, we get all those news and notes about players trying to fight Urban Meyer, people making fun of him to his face about the uh, bump and grind incident, which I just decided to name it that. I'm keeping it that forever. Uh, Trademark this podcast. Uh, They also add him challenging his assistants, asking for their resumes. Assistants also including Charlie Strong. And people in that room who have been interim coaches and have more NFL wins than Urban Meyer. And now it's fucking over. It's not just over. It's over in the middle of the night. Like, Justin, like, what? And reports are that he just left the building and didn't say bye to anyone. Didn't help them prep for the next week. Doug Marone says that he walked out of the building in the middle of the afternoon and never walked back. A perfect ending to a perfect crystallization of who is this man? Is he the leader of men who let one of his coaches get beat up by Percy Harvin? Allegedly. Or is he the guy who was on his boat with his friends doing an interview at ESPN who freaked out because one of his friends was either going to hand him a beer or, or ripping a bong in the in the reflection? Is he the guy from Big Noon Saturday? Who, look, when he shows up to preview Michigan State, Georgia, or Michigan, Georgia, excuse me, I need everyone to play it cool. <laughs> oh, Justin, the name of this episode's Big New, Bigger Noon Friday. Um, I, saw, because- I saw the email, and that that's actually why I was late, because uh, I just saw that and just started laughing uncontrollably. <laughs> I, uh, I'm a child, but I'm a funny child. Um... But yeah, man, I we we've never seen anything like this. For everyone to try to make parallels, there isn't one. Or oh, Nick Saban failed. Nick Saban wasn't running out of town on a goddamn rail. Oh, Spurrier failed. Spurrier played so much golf. Tell you tell him it was a failure. He wouldn't believe you for a second. The closest thing that I can think of, and it is it. It isn't a failure. It's just the hilarity of it all. I know what you're gonna say. Oh damn! I just realized. Damn. Yeah, my bad, no, 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 it's fine. My bad. I'm actually avoiding Bob Petrino leaving a goddamn dear John letter in the in the lockers of all of his players because again, that wasn't him getting fired. That was someone he left his job in the weirdest way possible. At least he said bye. No, he didn't. He wrote letter. He wrote everyone a letter. He didn't Which address. More, it's the, so much weirder. He it's didn't address. Urban. Urban. <laughs> Urban Urban. Just you know what though? In his defense, nigga, fire me. See if I say bye to these people. What the fuck? 
I'm fired. Give me my shit. I'm out. Like, the, if there's one activity I'll defend, it's leaving indignantly. I'm okay with that. That's uh, fair. <laughs> oh, no. No, for real. I just, I just want to know what was the last straw. No, it's what the, was it? It's the kicker. We all know what it was. So three days ago, the Tampa uh, uh, Paper Record released an interview with the release kicker who said that during warmups of a preseason game, he had an exchange with Urban Meyer that I I'm not gonna go Google it because it's too weird to read out loud. Someone's I saw this tweet from Scott Barnett DFB. This is what it sounds like a Seinfeld bit. After months of fruitless attempts, I finally got fired. For what? I kicked the kicker. You kicked the kicker. I kicked the kicker. Like, it's ridiculous. It. And he says, hey, don't. Apparently, the kicker said, hey, don't kick me. And Urban Meyer, like, this, maybe this isn't true. I don't care. It's funny. He said, I'm the head ball coach. I'll fucking kick you if I feel like it. Which makes him sound like Bud Kilmer from Varsity Blues. <laughs> so I'm not entirely sure that's a fair quote. I, I was so stupid. I'm sorry. That's the dumbest part of the whole thing. Um, I will say this. I don't know if the lines were as perfect as those. I believe he kicked this man. Oh, yeah. 100%. And I believe if you kick a grown man, you'll kick a kid. And I think if you will kick a kid and you've had opportunity and been driven to quit a kick a kid, if the work if, if going eight and four in Florida made you quit, you've kicked the fucking kid. Like that my thing was he's doing this to adults. Oh God, what was he oh, doing yeah. at Ohio State in Florida? There were thirty five arrests in six years in Florida. <laughs> when when Aaron Hernandez got signed. I I remember because I said, oh, we signed a gang member. Oh, ha ha. I'm like, no, I. In my in my youth, I may have been around certain activities and can recognize certain hand symbols. I said, no, he he's affiliated at like at best case scenario. He's affiliated. I, I know what he's doing. He's affiliated enough to do that without fear of repercussion. That's the, that's the thing. That so off you, air, and that's and that's enough. So off air, I have to tell you a hilarious story about affiliation. Oh, I'm very excited about this. Um, but like, so now my question becomes, what's next in Jacksonville? Because Shotgun, if there's one thing Shotgun's got to do, he's got to fix it because his son's burning through money with AEW. They're making some money, but they're burning through. And so he's got to fix it. He's got the number one pick sewn up um, from last year still. Is the damage irreparable? My question is, if you look at the last few regimes of Jacksonville, there's not like, uh, it's not an established ownership group, so you're not going to lean on that identity. There's not an established management team with like a clear agenda, so you can't lean on that. I would love for a Byron Leftwich or... Uh, Raheem Morris or a coach to get a really good start here to build. But I think if I'm Shad Khan, I'm going to someone who I know I've watched someone build something sustainable. I'm going like a Jim Caldwell. I'm the, I need something. We need to redefine this motherfucker before we start trying to win football games. I'm glad you said Jim Caldwell. Cause I actually talked to my dad about this. That's where I'm going to, I need someone and I, I'll throw another name out there for you. Marvin Lewis. No, I I have a personal disdain for Marvin Lewis. Oh, well, I don't I know what 
I don't know what pictures he had to not get fired that long, but I think that's an untoward way to keep a job. I trust your judgment. So if you say you have a disdain, I will trust that. No, I need it's, some... no, it's an irrational. I'm not, it's not rational. It's it's it's. Oh. I've never cheered for a nigga to lose his job, but I had a lot of questions how nigga didn't lose his job for as long as he did. Oh, because like, he's, he's the only person on earth who can tolerate that owner. I I even still I was just like y'all man look I you never want to see your brother lose your job and I was like hey what's Mark Lewis got to get fired? <laughs> I need someone. That knows how to bring stability and chaos. Oh, you know what I need? You need a Lovey Smith. There you go. I need somebody. I need a calming, stable force. I don't need Tony Dungy for reasons that you can Google. But a Lovey Smith, a Jim Caldwell, that would be fine. God. I know Lovey got fired in Illinois, but what's he doing now? Hopefully. Like, Lovey Smith, Lovey Smith got forced out of Tampa Bay to placate. Jameis Wilts Winston. Tampa Bay fired Lovey Smith for someone that lost more games than Lovey Smith. Greg Shiano. Oh my God. I forgot he got fired for 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 Shiano. Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and there'll be some there'll be some coaches who are unemployed very soon. The thing about it is. It's already going to be a hot job market because there's two jobs already open, Jacksonville and LA, and, and excuse me, LA, Vegas. I'm never going to say that right. Sorry. It's so um, weird. It's like the Chargers. I'm, I've I've gotten the Chargers right the first try probably twice in my life. I'll never do it. Um. But now, what? I ask you this, knowing that there's a Schottenheimer in the offensive coordinating room. Oh, God, is there this, is. Yeah, oh, I told everyone, by the way. For the record, I said that his career was over because there's a Schottenheimer involved. And everyone's like, you're being Tre- mean because he, he ruined your team. I'm like, you're right. I am being mean because he ruined my team. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, blink twice. Are you okay? If you only, if, if there's only four routes being called. And I'm not going to watch Jacksonville to figure out if they're actually calling bad plays. I refuse. But I, I'm. This is where I'm going to take a stance. I can use inductive reasoning, in historical evidence, to tell you that it's not a creative offense and probably has too many screens. It, you can ruin a quarterback. Yes. Yes, you can. Like we've seen it happen. Ask Indianapolis. You can ruin a quarterback. I don't want to. Like the the obvious one is Washington with RG3. Like that's the obvious play. But Indianapolis, they, Andrew Luck straight up said, I don't want to play football anymore. I'm done. I don't think, I don't think we're in that territory where we're like endangering Trevor health. But from the clips I've seen, like the very paucity of clips I've seen, happy, like stuff that you didn't see at Clemson. Happy feet, balls failing high because he's releasing early, anticipation of a hit. And we've got to strip it down to parts and see what we can rebuild here because Shad Khan didn't grab this thing to lose money. And right now it's a lot of sunk costs. 
Yeah. I'm gonna be very interested to see what's gonna happen there, what's gonna what's gonna work on there because I, I, I honestly and I'm not a huge Trevor Lawrence, I don't think he's the best thing in sliced bread, but I think that they can ruin him and they're flirting with it. The damage isn't irreparable yet. Yet is the operative word in that sense. Man. All right, Justin, I'm going to let you go, man. Thank you for hopping on here on the emergency podcast. We're very excited for big, bigger noon Friday. The desk will get even wider come um, <laughs> New Year's Eve, apparently. Justin, please tell everyone where they can find the things that you do. You can find me on Twitter at LJ90. You can find me occasionally on uh, Unreasonable Fridays, ADD Space. You can find me on my podcast, Three Fifths Podcast. And those are all the places you can find me. Hope you check me out. Hope you enjoy. Man, I do appreciate it. I'm about to go and watch Spider-Man um, No Way Home. Um, if any of you try to spoil it for me, you can't because you don't, no one knows I'm doing this yet. I'm, I'm not putting it on the internet because I'm just telling you and now this will be in the past. Um, but if you're out there and you spoil this movie for people, I, wor- I wish the worst things for you. The very worst things. And I mean yeah. that shit from the bottom of my heart. Uh, um, yeah, I I hope you enjoy the movie. You're going have you to. Already seen a, it? Have you already seen it? No, I haven't seen it yet. I, okay. I am. You know what? The the family's va- whole family's vax now. So I I we could probably do the theater. I'm I'm personally not there yet. This is my first theater. I know it's a new thing. This is my first theater experience. Okay. So it took Spider Man to get me back in theaters. Well, see, the there's a theater near my parents. Like even pre-pandemic, like there is there's 12 seats in the theater, two like it's two to a section I guess, and they're all spread out. Like it's just a basically just a giant private viewing room. Hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that probably I could probably do that because it's just gonna be what me, the family, my dad. Yeah, that's 12 right there. So that's that's basically my my bubble. I think I just well, talked myself into Spider-Man. Well, may all your Spider-Mans be spectacular. May all your bowl games be fantastic. And may Georgia persevere over the worst version of themselves. That was the show. There is no outro. See you guys next time.